Good morning and welcome to episode 108 of Beating Around the Bush podcast. The Beating Around the Bush podcast is simply an extension of my column that appears weekly in the Carroll Newsletter and are my opinions, my observations, and the usual ramblings of an old sports writer. Episode 108 is entitled, This is Not a Snow Job. Having a little fun with that because you got to give the weatherman a little credit and criticism at the same time, which we always do uh, most of the time anyway. But yesterday they were uh, talking about rain and then changing to snow, but it wouldn't amount to a whole lot. Well, they were right. It rained, it changed to snow, but it mounted to more than what they predicted. Uh, actually, pretty good dusting, uh, if you want to call it that. And, you know, we might have got close to an inch. I don't know. Probably not. But uh, I'm not very good at measurements. But it snowed. And for a while, it looked, uh, you know, and it fell quick. But I'm playing off that today because what I want to talk about, using the snow and you, everyone knows what a snow job is. A snow job is when someone's lying to you or trying to pull the wool over your eyes, which is another uh, analogy that uh, you might have to explain to some people. But what I want to talk about today was kind of a reference to uh, my column that appeared this week in the Carroll Newsletter, as we mentioned a while ago, that that's part of what we do uh, in our lives, but is right for the newspaper. But that weekly column... I've been doing that now for, gosh, it's uh, uh, going on 18 years, I believe, uh, since I've been writing a weekly column in the Carroll Newsletter, and that's you know that's a pretty good accomplishment, if I say so myself. But what I wrote about was, and everybody knows this situation, so I don't have to explain it all that much. I've talked about it a lot on this podcast, but Huntington is not known from the boys' side, as a basketball school. Never has been. And there have been some good teams, don't get me wrong, over the years. Uh, two of the better fans that sit in the stands, Brent Moody, uh, Barry McMurphy, uh, were a part of a team in 1968, I believe, 69 season. And... Bill Ezel, I believe, was also on that team as a reserve. Uh, didn't start. I think came off the bench. I'm not totally sure about that, but I know uh, Johnny Radford was on that team. Uh, uh, Leonard Pearson and Willis Earl Hutch. I know those uh, were, were six of the key members of that basketball team. They played. Then the playoff format was a little different uh, than what it is now. Of course, now you've got district tournament, then you've got a region tournament, then you've got sub-state, sectional, uh, whichever one you want to refer to that as, and then if you win that sub-state or that sectional game, then you go to the state tournament. Back in the day when Brent Moody and Brent sits at every basketball game, one of the most loyal fans we have, he's there every time, travels on the road, uh, goes to a lot of basketball games. It goes to lots of games. Uh, that don't even include Huntington. He, he, he'll go, if Huntington's not playing sometimes, he'll go to a game between two uh, uh, powerful teams because uh, he likes basketball. But that team, uh, and I think it was uh, Gleason, that they had beaten earlier in the season, either Gleason or Greenfield. See, I didn't, my mind's just slipping already too, but uh, 
they had defeated Gleason, and I believe it was Gleason, earlier in the season. And I remember getting on a bus. Uh, at that time, I was uh, 13 years old, still in middle school. But they took a prep bus, so to speak, to UT Martin. And the Mustangs were playing uh, Gleason, who they had beaten earlier in the season. And if they win that game, they go to a state tournament. No Huntington team had ever been to a state basketball tournament. Well, unfortunately, it's just one of those games, and you have them, and like I said, the format was different because uh, you didn't have the district tournaments and format as you do now, and uh, they played a couple of games, won a couple of games, and it came down to them and Gleason for the championship. Winner goes to state. Gleason wins. Mustangs miss out on an a golden opportunity, probably, uh, and I think if you look at the uh, the uh, banners that are hanging on the wall at Huntington High School, I think there was a sub-state appearance in 96, I believe, and I'm not even sure who was on that team. Uh, there might have been one other, so there's been a couple of opportunities to go to the state tournament, but a Huntington basketball team, and that's what I've been leading up to, has never been to a state tournament. Now, the girls? The girls have been several times, and don't be surprised if this is not a year that they go back again. Mike Kenson took a team uh, to the state tournament. Ferris Lowry has taken a team to the state tournament. David Wilkins has taken a team to the state tournament. Uh, three of the four coaches that the, the Phillies have had in the last, uh, I guess, 20 years now, They've only, I think they've only had like four coaches in the last 20 years. I might have to go back and uh, research that a little bit. But uh, still, uh, they have been, I know Ferris Lowry, I think, went two or three times. He may have went three times. And uh, David Wilkins has been once, and Mike Kinson may have been twice. So they've been about six times. And so it's not unfamiliar territory if the Phillies make it to the state tournament. In Murfreesboro. But the Mustangs have never been to a state tournament. And what I wrote about in my column this past week, and the newsletter is coming out today, so you can get you a copy or do like me, wait till tomorrow when it comes in the mail. But could history be made this year? And you're not going, well, you've lost your mind. The Mustangs are currently 8 and 19. And some people have them at 7 and 16 or 7 and 17, but that's not right. Uh, every time I see their record posted, they're not including that tournament they played up in Kentucky at Christmas or right before Christmas where they won one game and lost two. That's not been included in their, any of their records, but they've won eight games. They did eventually finish second as the uh, district Schedule ended, a regular season ended last week. Uh, they finished four and two in the district. And that placed them in second place in the district. Now it's a four-team district. So here's what here's what I'm getting at. And can the Mustangs make a state tournament this year? Yeah, realistically, probably not. But stranger things have happened, and, and that's what I want to explain.
because believe it or not, there sometimes luck gets involved in things. And first of all, you have to be a pretty good team uh, to make a state tournament. You have to have some luck to make a state tournament. You have to have some good players. And you have to maybe sometimes get in a bracket, and that's where the luck comes in, of being in a bracket to where you possibly could upset a team, although that team might be a little better than you. But Class 2A, uh, where the Mustangs are, uh, let's put it this way. The four-team district, and if you look at it from where I'm coming from with this, is one could say the Mustangs are not a very good basketball team. If you look at the record, you definitely would say that, 8-19. and But it's a weak district. Just being honest with you, I always try to speak honestly on this podcast because I can. It's my podcast. So I can say anything I want to. You can listen if you want to. You can turn me off. You can never listen to me again. But I'm going to tell the truth. And if you look at the record, they're not very good. But neither is the district. Because, to be honest with you, the district, just it, it's terrible. I, boys, it's terrible. Because Camden's at the top. Now, Camden's a good team. But are they that good? I, yeah, I really, I really question how good they really are. Because they have one real good player, and that's Aiden Melton, real good player. Uh, maybe a little too cocky from my uh, perspective, but he's good. You know, he scored uh, 38 points, I think, last time Mustangs played him, or 36. But he, 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 he's a good player. But you take him off that team, and they're just, in my opinion, a good team but not a real good team. Now, the Mustangs have played them twice. Second time was at Huntington, and it just wasn't a good night for the Mustangs. Sometimes you have those kind of nights, and they've had a lot of them. But when they played over at Camden, it was a game that they could have won. They got beat by three, and I still say that the official that called an intentional foul on Tyson Willis, if, if he calls the correct call, and that was the wrong call, because Tyson was going up for a rebound, and a Camden player, both grab it at the same time. And Tyson's a, a, a good-sized young man. And he's strong. And he tries to pull the ball away from him, which is what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to take possession of the basketball. But he pulls both of them to the floor because he's stronger than the kid that's got his hands on the ball from Camden. The guy calls an intentional foul. That's no way that's an intentional foul. But it made the difference in the final score of that basketball game. Without that, Mustangs had a real good chance of winning and actually had a three at the buzzer that fell short or hit rim and didn't go in. That would have tied the game. And then when you get in overtime, you just never know. So the Mustangs played pretty good with Camden the second time they played them. Uh, they played the first three quarters uh, right there with them. And... Uh, faded at the end, which is what they've had a tendency to do in some of their better games. But that's because the Mustangs have a mixture of uh, youth, and they also have a mixture of what I would classify as not-so-experienced seniors. 
They've got some seniors that have played quite a bit over the last couple of years, but have not had prominent roles. So they're being thrust into situations that they're not accustomed to. That's what I mean by uh, not as experienced. And Mustangs have some solid youth. Well, here's, here, here's my theory. And it's a plausible theory. In all honesty, and again, there's that word, I don't think the Mustangs will make a state tournament this year. I, I, you know, I don't believe that. But what I'm saying is, is there a possibility? There's always a possibility. Especially when you've got some kids that can play basketball. But here, here's what I'm getting at. First of all, they play in a weak, weak district. Now, that four-team district automatically qualifies them for a region tournament. So they're going to be in the region. So that's the first uh, hurdle that you have to climb uh, to make a state tournament. You have to get to the region. You know, the Mustangs over the years, maybe a couple times, I've reached the first round of the region, but have not won a game. And I should have looked this up today, and I did not. I'm going to try to do it from the top of my head, uh, but I'll get close. Uh, either way. but and, and I know nothing about the district that they'll be opposite of as far as uh, the quality of their basketball teams. I can tell you, I, I don't think I remember seeing any of them in the top uh, 10 in the state polls. But nonetheless, uh, I, I still, like I said, I have no idea. But you've got to get to the region first. That's already been accomplished. They ain't even started the district tournament, which does start tonight, by the way. Uh, with two girls' games, and then the boys will play Thursday. So, with that being said, you've got to get to the region. And then when you get to the region, you've got to win two games. You win two games, that puts you in the regional championship game. By the way, the region championship, or the region, will be at Camden. So, that's an advantage for the Mustangs. This district is at home. Could the Mustangs win the district tournament? I think that's possible because Camden has some flaws. Who do I think will win the district tournament? I think Camden will. But can the Mustangs win the district tournament? That's my point. I think they can. I think it could happen because lately they've been playing real well. But you got to get to the region tournament. So that's already been accomplished. And then you're going to go up against likes of East Hickman, uh, Cheatham County, Hickman County, uh, I know that's some of the teams, and I'm not sure who all the other ones are. Uh, like I said, I didn't do that research. But are those teams, are those teams, teams that Mustangs could win games against? Because I think what's going to happen in the district, and this is an advantage also, because I'm not sure how they are they're breaking the region down. I'm thinking they're probably going to do it like we've always done it in the past. You know, usually lots of times in a district tournament, the first round game, uh, higher seed will host a game. But since there's only four teams and it's only a four-night district tournament, they're having it all at Huntington. So they're not doing that because then uh, it would just kind of mess everything up, to be honest with you. But uh, region tournament, possible. I think probably what they're going to do is like they've done in the past where if you finish first or second in your district tournament, you'll host a first-round region game. Then everybody would go to Camden from that point to play in the region tournament. So the Mustangs, I think, will finish at least second. 
because they're going to be playing Stewart County, who they beat by 30 points uh, last uh, Monday night. Uh, is Stewart County capable of beating the Mustangs? Yes, they are. So that's not, that's not written in stone yet. But Mustangs should be favored. The Mustangs are better than Stewart County. They just have to take care of business. And then if you do that, you're going to host a team that has to come from Middle Tennessee that's probably going to have to drive an hour and a half or two hours to get here. That's an advantage. And then you have a chance to win that first-round region game. Then you go to Camden, and then you will match up against another team, uh, more than likely from that region, or against a team that you've already played this season, depending on who wins. Let's say the Mustangs finish second. Then they would probably be opposite of the first and and fourth seed uh, from the other uh, bracket. So they could be playing the number one seed from the opposite district or the number four seed from their own district if they finish second. Or no, I'm taking it back. It'd be second and third. But anyway, uh, uh, I know I confuse you because I confused myself. But here's what I'm getting at. You get to the region, you host a game if everything goes according to plan. If you finish first or second in the district tournament, then you'll go to region and host a region game. You win that, then you go to Camden against a team that you might be matched up against pretty good. So you got two games there, what I'm getting at, that are winnable in the region. Okay. Then you win that second game over at Camden when everybody moves to Camden to that central location. You win that game, you're in the region final. That's a substate game. That substate game would require you to travel if you lose uh, a substate game or sectional. And if you win, you host it. So, you know, it's possible. It depends on how good our district is compared to the other one. Uh, if like it's football, you'd be playing your own district, but uh, that's probably not the case in, in this situation. But, you know, worst case scenario, you m might have to go to Summertown or you might have to go to Loretto. That's usually how that plays out, you know, and uh, that's hard places to win. But what I'm getting at is if you get to that substate game, then you never know what happens, you know, and then you win that. You're in a state you're in a state championship game, not a state title game, a state championship where eight teams will be at Murfreesboro uh, vying for the state championship. And then you would set history. You would make history if you got to that point. Now again, are, are the Mustangs good enough to get there? And that's a stretch. If things go um, so if some of those scenarios played out had I just mentioned, yeah, that's, I think it's within the realm of possibility. But realistically, it's probably not. And then you would make history by making it a state uh, tournament. Now, what I really am getting at is, although there is that slight percentage uh, that the Mustangs could make it to the state tournament this year, uh, but that, that percentage is real small. The possibility of them making it uh, to that point is real small. But is it in the future of this program to get there? That's what I really believe. I believe within the next four years, 
this is my honest opinion. And again, there's that word honest. Maybe I should have titled the podcast uh, in all honesty. But uh, I really believe that it will happen in the next four years. And let me explain to you why. I mentioned a while ago about the seniors. And there's, I talked to one of the players from Hayden not too long ago. He's a freshman. And I'm not going to mention his name. But he's a freshman, and I actually refereed some upward basketball with him that day, you know, and I told him, I said, you know, I, I'd like to see you get more playing opportunities, and that's not a knock against coach. I just like, you know, and he's been getting a lot of playing opportunities. He said, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to get my chance. He said, it's not, it's not a big deal. He said, we've got some seniors that as far as their talent goes, there's not a lot of difference in all of them. He said, they deserve the right to play, and I, I'm just going to bide my time. That's a great attitude. That is a tremendous attitude uh, from a freshman in high school because he realizes he's a team player. Let me tell you that. That's a team player because he knows these seniors deserve the chance to play some. And then when that uh, uh, that's their last year, he's going to get plenty of chances. So that that's an attitude that I appreciate. I, I really like that. And – uh, but, you know, you've got uh, Graham Bartholomew, who's been playing well lately, Graham has. And uh, Caleb Pearson, uh, you know, he's a player that does a lot of things well on the floor. Uh, Tyson Willis, I mentioned him a while ago. There's another, Landon Bryant. Uh, that's four of the seniors that, uh, at Rayshawn Bailey. That's the fifth one that I'm trying to think of. And and I might be missing one. I don't think I am. But those 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 five kids... Uh, have played a lot, and there's not a lot of difference in talent-wise, not a lot of difference in how they play, and uh, it's a testament uh, to them hanging around, and they're going to do good things when on four. They deserve some playing time, but when they play, then that uh, pushes someone else's side that maybe uh, is going to be the future of the program, but then you've got a, a, a mixture of youth starting uh, with probably, arguably, uh, the best player on their basketball team, and that's Kenton Smith. A lot of people don't realize Kenton's only 14 years old. Uh, the other night at Union City, he had 26 points, I think, or 28. Now, I'd have to go back and look it up. I think he had 26. Uh, that's a pretty good night for a 14-year-old against a team that's ranked in the top 10, and I think they're ranked like second or third class 1A. I know Hayden's 2A, but there's really not that much of a difference. I'm going to be honest with you about that either. But, and, of course, they've got a, a Mr. Basketball candidate. Uh, Malachi Brooks has scored 50 points that night, set a school record for Union City. And, and Kenton, for a while, was matching him basket for basket. And Malachi Brooks, just he was just too good for uh, our defense. But we played through three quarters with Union City uh, with the lead. And – and finally, that talent just played out, and 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 foul trouble entered in uh, to the situation, and it changed the complex of the game. But Kenton Smith is the Mustangs' best player, but not far behind him. And again, Kenton's a freshman, but not far behind him is Caleb Ezel, who is a sophomore. Uh, Caleb the other night against uh, Union City, I think he had eighteen. Uh, Young man can shoot threes. Uh, Smooth-looking jump shot, 
Uh, you look at him when he's out there on the floor and he's not, you know, he's not imposing. You don't, you go, oh, he's kind of small. Uh, but the kid can actually jump pretty good, uh, actually fights his way under the basket for rebounds and can take the ball to the basket when he needs to. So you can't just face him up and try to take the three away from him because he can take the bas- uh, ball to the basket. He's a sophomore. And then Bryson Whiteside has been playing a lot, good-sized kid. Uh, hopefully he's going to get taller, started on the offensive line uh, for the Mustang football team. So that in itself says a lot because he's got some talent. But he's a freshman. He's not been starting. He started some a couple of games, I believe. Uh, but he can rebound. Uh, he can score inside. He's only going to get better. He's a freshman. So you're looking at uh, two freshmen that I've just mentioned already and a sophomore that is the core of your future. But there's another another young man, uh, as we mentioned, uh, young players, and that is Braylon Deerman. Braylon Deerman's got some size. He's got some length. And Braylon, uh, over six feet tall. And he's probably going to get taller. I think you'll see him play a lot on the football team next year. And uh, but he 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 fights for rebounds, can score inside. Uh, so that's you know uh, that's a pretty good nucleus of four real good players that will be coming back next year. And then you've got EJ Lewis who will factor in next year, uh, who uh, dislocated his finger uh, back three or four weeks ago now, and is going to miss the rest of the season. Had to have surgery on that finger. And I remember seeing that when he came off the floor. It looked bad. Uh, assistant coach Megan Bullock, uh, the middle school head coach, uh, he, he just had to turn his head away. And uh, Clay Nolan took him, uh, EJ, down into the uh, runway or to the locker room and popped it back into place, but uh, actually played the next game uh, with it wrapped. But uh, – eventually had to have surgery and he's going to miss the rest of the season, but he'll factor in next year. He'll be your senior. Uh, he'll be the only senior. I think that will be coming back next year. That, that'll see a lot of playing time. And, uh, and then, uh, one other player, I got to mention this because, uh, he's seen some playing time lately. He'll be, he's a sophomore and that's Owen Kreisiger. Owen Kreisiger can shoot the basketball. I think he has earned his playing time through the JV. He's been playing some JV, and uh, 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 he's forced uh, Coach McClurkin to pay him, play him because of his shooting ability. And then there's, there is, there is, uh, and I hadn't even mentioned that, you haven't seen them play that much. They've been playing some JV. Uh, but when you get down there to some of those players, uh, uh, like Zayden Conley, uh, Colin Turner, and Lucas Smith, those are three kids I think we'll see some playing time next year, especially Lucas because he's got some length. And those kids uh, will step in and take up those minutes that the seniors are getting this year. So you're going to have a good basketball team next year, and then you're going to have some kids coming in from that middle school that have won uh, two state straight state championships, although the ones that won it this year were reserves maybe on last year's team that won it. But Garvin Key, I told somebody the other day, you can see possibly, this is just hypothetical, because I would never uh, try to make out the starting lineup for a coach 
Porsche McClurkin. I would never do that. If he asked, I will, but he's not going to. And he, he, I, I trust him enough to make out his own. But can't you see Kenton Smith bringing the ball down to court next year? And if the other team's playing a zone, you got Caleb Ezel on one wing, you got Garvin Key on the other wing, and then you got Bryson Whiteside, and then you got Braylon Deerman underneath. That's a solid starting lineup. Now, do I think Garvin will start? Probably not, but he could. He's that good. And then you got uh, uh, K. Monte Strayhorn coming in next year. That if he continues to grow, got the best hands of any kid I've ever seen. Uh, six interceptions during middle school football season. Man's got some hands and uh, good rebounder. Can score underneath. And then you got Hayes Eubanks, whose motor and energy uh, which can take you to the next level. And then you got Maddox Holmes, Gavin Gray, uh, just two other players that are going to be moving up next year. The future is bright for Huntington basketball. So could they make a state tournament in the next four years? I say yes, that they could very easily do that. And they continue to get better, continue to play hard. There's a bright future. I know I spent a lot of time on the Mustangs. The girls are going to walk through our district tournament. That's They start tonight at 6 o'clock. We'll play Camden in the four seed. So make it out that way. Uh, I'll be busy uh, doing my thing at Huntington High School, but uh, we'll come back next week and we'll talk about the district tournament, set up the region tournament, and when we come back, I promise you, we will do it better.